0: Psalm 122 says, it was, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Glad. I love it. Big smiles. Welcome. Welcome to Maranatha. If this is your home church, welcome. If you're visiting, welcome. If somebody promised you lunch because you just showed up, welcome. You know, you got friends who te- bring you along that way. Um, I want to do the announcements this morning. Um, The Salvation Army, uh, ringing bells. You can sign up online uh, for ringing bells. Salvation Army does a lot for Barron County and this district. Um, Today there will be a special business meeting, uh, uh, just an informant meeting. If uh, you're a member here or not, you're welcome. Today at 1, we'll be right here at the church we got some uh, information we want to pass on to you. Um, next week is our Christmas uh, program, uh, December 11th. So, again, there'll be no Sunday school. We'll all be right here. Uh, two services, regular time. Come here to the wonderful message that the kids have to bring for us um, during this time. I always look forward to, to, to that part of it. Um, been here for the last 16 plus 17 years, and it's been a blessing to see kids praising the Lord. During Christmas, it's better than the gifts under the tree. Uh, today, we are going to light the hope candle, and Pastor Cody is going to lead us through that.
1: The song we just sang is in my top five Christmas carols. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear savior's birth long lay the world in sin and error pining love that till he appeared and the soul felt its worth a thrill of hope a thrill of hope the weary world rejoices i love the chorus fall on your knees isn't that the great response truly he taught us to love one another his law is love and his gospel is grace chains shall he break and that is the hope of that anticipation of the messiah the savior who was to come And for centuries, they waited and waited. And today, we celebrate that hope of the Messiah who would come. A thrill of hope because the weary world full of sin and error pining. Just all the problems we have. Christ is coming. That was the anticipation. And He has truly come. And today, we're going to look we're going to continue through our series in Mark here, but we're going to look at an aspect of that hope that we have of what the Messiah brought us. And that's the gospel, the good news. So let's pray. Lord, simply we pray because we know that at times our hearts are blind. We are caught up in the affairs of this world. We. Have succumbed to our own selfish desires, and sometimes we're clueless to the beauty of what you've brought us. And Lord, I love, I love the Christmas season where there's Christmas carols all around. There's one station that scraps what they normally do, and all they do is play Christmas songs. And most of them, the Christmas carols, are heavy laden with the gospel message. As one of my daughters said, man, at school we're singing all these Christmas carols, and the gospel message is right there. Lord, You are the hope for this dying world. So we ask that You open our blind hearts, and today we pray that You would be the greatest treasure that we find, this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Alright, take your Bibles. We are in the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 10. And we're going through our series with Christ in the school of discipleship. The first part of Mark was, was, was heavy on Messiahship. And now we're in this aspect of discipleship. And today we're looking at the last healing story that Mark gives us. It's not the last healing story of the life of Jesus, but it's the last one that Mark gives us in his Gospel. And with that we're going to take some time looking at healing and also the kingdom that God has brought to us. In fact, the word kingdom shows up five different times just in Mark chapter 10. The Gospel of the kingdom is at the heart of what our church is about. In what we believe, And we're strong on this. What we believe. And that means correct thinking, our right theology, deep, life-giving theology. So the Gospel of the Kingdom is in one aspect what we believe. And secondly, how we live out that belief. Christ-like behavior. And how that impacts our world and the people around us. That's the Gospel of the Kingdom. What we believe And how we as a church live that out. Loving God, our total being, in total devotion, and that's what discipleship is about and Christ has already since chapter 8 been talking about that. It's giving up your life for the kingdom. He calls us to die to self and live for the kingdom of God. Walking, serving, acting with total allegiance to Christ the Lord, the Messiah. So what is the Gospel? What is this great news that we as the church stand upon, we proclaim it? What what is it? The word Gospel comes from a Greek word called Evangelion, and that's where we get our different words for Evangel, Evangelism, Evangelicalism, and that's where we get the words good news. So some of your older Bibles, the first four Gospels are the good news according to Matthew. The good news according to Mark—it's really the Evangelion, the Gospel according to those authors. So, what is the gospel message? It's twofold. First, the gospel message is the gospel of the cross. That's what something we all know and firmly believe. It's that specific package. It's the very, in a very narrow sense. It's the gospel of the cross. It's the message of the cross. The message that sinners can be forgiven through Jesus Christ. That's the gospel message. It's the message of God's saving work through Christ in which God reconciles us to Himself by the substitutionary work of Christ, the Messiah. There's a call to repent. Repent. believe and God accepts us based upon not our works but the work of Christ the beauty of the cross so the answer to the question of this part is what must I do to be saved what must I do to be saved that's the very narrow aspect the specific package you could say of the gospel message for me, I summarize it in this. There is one God. He made us in His image. He made us good. We sinned. We failed. We went against His holy standard. And God would be just to condemn us forever. But God. Amen. In His amazing grace, sent his eternal Son, Jesus, fully God, fully man, who lived a perfect life of obedience and died on the cross in the place of everyone who would repent of their sins and believe in Him. And in faith, we believe that He rose from the dead and we must commit our life to Him. That's the specific package. But the Gospel message is not just only a special ticket to go to heaven. It's not the only aspect of being a Christian. It's the power that enables us to live and see the kingdom grow. The Gospel is not just the way to escape hell. It is how we must relate to God, ourselves, others, and the world around us. So the second aspect is this what is the gospel the second aspect the gospel of the kingdom the whole package and this is a broad aspect of it you could say the goal of the first aspect of the gospel is salvation here is the bigger picture of what the gospel does to us it makes people consumed with a passion and a treasure for god above all things and a love for others loving God loving others and the continuation of the advancement of God's plan of redemptive history or I wrote this a while ago this is kind of lengthy and seems kind of nerdy but but see what I wrote here it says this the gospel proclaims a status that's the salvation aspect it proclaims a status of spiritual life on the people of god and that's salvation that's that first aspect and it also generates a condition of change in all areas of our hearts and that's discipleship that's where we're seeing jesus helping the disciples see total allegiance to the king submission sanctification and transformation and the gospel recognizes a reality of god's sovereign rule of His present and coming kingdom, the kingdom of God. And to me, this is the summary of what the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel message is it's salvation, but it's also that salvation that liberates, brings freedom to people. And this gospel that is within us is also transforming us so we could be more and more like him and it's transforming our community and this specific package the cross opens up the larger package the broad blessings of the gospel that are attained by the means of the cross so the second aspect answers the question what is the whole good news of christianity yes it's salvation i'm going to heaven not to hell but there's more. And the la- that song that we sang talks about many of those aspects. The Gospel message of the Kingdom of God is this. It is the good news of God's sovereign reign, powerfully involvement in the world and history in which He is remaking and renewing the whole world through Christ so that His sons and daughters, we, empowered by the Holy Spirit, live in the blessing of His promises to fulfill His never-ending kingdom established soon when He returns. We are living in the already-not-yet the Gospel message. And that's what the Christmas season, the hope is that Christ has come and now the kingdom begins. So what does that look like? I mean, we understand salvation. We're, we're evangelicals. We're part of Maranatha. We understand salvation. But sometimes we miss the second aspect of living out the kingdom, living out that gospel message, how it looks in our world. What does it look like? Well, take your Bibles. Go to Mark chapter 10. One aspect is healing and restoration. So let's begin with verse 46 and again mark chapter 10 normally we've been going through mark chapter 10 paragraph at a time chapter sometimes verse at a time mark chapter 10 we've been all over it just because of christmas season and what we've been doing with family celebration sunday what we did there with the children stuff so we've been kind of moving around so we're going to end here at the last part and then in january we're going to pick up the the middle from verse 35 to, to the end of 40 to this part here we'll take most of January. We're talking about so, Mark chapter ten verse forty six. They came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimius, which means son of Timius. So just so you know, Hebrew. What they usually do is like we've got uh, Peterson Johnson. They're the sons of that family the hebrew language often they would put bar in front of or bat bat means daughter bar means son so bar mitzvah is the coming of age where a son kind of comes a man the bat mitzvah is for the daughter so bar there is he's the son of tim so bartimius which means son of timius was stand sitting by the roadside begging Cheer up! I like that. On your feet, He is calling you. Throwing His cloak aside, jumped to His feet, and came to Jesus. This is powerful. I love this. What do you want Me to do for you? Jesus asked Him. Isn't that one of the great statements of Scripture? The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, Jesus said. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Now, being blind at this time, in this particular time, was very, very hard. Being blind would be hard at all times, but in society, they were totally dependent, totally dependent on others for care and guidance and protection. For care, to even get food to sustain themselves, for guidance they can't see to get them along the way. And to protect them throughout the night, throughout the day. Being blind at this time, you were put to the side. If your family didn't want to help you, you were seriously in trouble. Now, I think, Stacey, I don't know if you got that picture already. we got a picture here of soon-to-be our... Well, you didn't get your wife in there, Brent. That's okay, Sonia and Brent are over there. They were our greeters today. Brent they're soon-to-be members of our church. Brent is blind! So I thought, what a great person to talk to about this passage. So I asked him this question this week. What are your struggles? What are the struggles that you have as you are blind today? Here's what he said. Not having any visual input is hard. Yeah, that would be hard. Even when talking with someone, we were talking there, and someone came up to see if he wanted more food, and that person put her hand on his shoulder, and he was like, that was great. Sometimes talking to someone, you know, like, like who is that person, but at least he said it was great that she put her hand on his shoulder. It's hard to mix with people, he said. Such as doing a game. And this is when he kind of got serious. Men fish hunt around here, and build things. How many men here fish, hunt, and build things? Raise your hand. Okay, that's most of us. Randy's like, yeah. Okay. Men fish hunt build things and farm. Listen to this. At times I feel I'm not up to par with a sighted person because I can't do those things. I never thought of that. I'm not as capable as most guys. My kids have to lead me around. I'm dependent on people, even though I do have a cane. We're gonna, I'm going to refer to a couple things that he said later here. But just being blind is tough. Even In that conversation, I realized it's, it's harder than I, I anticipated even just hearing what he shared about it. It affects even just how he thinks of himself as a person. So here, the mir- back to the passage, the miracle worker is here. Here the miracle worker, and here's this blind man sitting on the side of the road. He hears that Jesus is here. And he cries out to Jesus with this messianic title. With, have mercy on me. A cry for divine help. So already, this guy isn't like, oh, he's just your typical miracle worker he said no no he uses a divine title he uses something that's used in the psalms often crying out for divine help he knows this is the messiah in chapter 8 it's interesting we had a blind person there a blind man was brought to jesus by people around him not in this story they're like zip it dude quiet shut up man here they offer no help He's just a nuisance. Be quiet. Get the blind guy out of here. Yet Jesus stops. I love that. He stops and has the people call out for Him to come. Because we will see in January, as we look at the preceding passage here, Jesus has come to seek and serve those who are lost. And what does the guy do He jumps to the occasion to have an audience with the Messiah. He allows no barrier. His blindness, His cloak, get it out of the way, I'm going wherever that person's at. The Messiah, Jesus, where is He? Nothing will keep Him from His goal, Jesus. And I love the question Jesus asks: What? Do you want me to do for you in simple faith he asks that he would be healed I mean when I was a little kid came from a poor family we had a lot of government aid a lot of the generic stuff you ever remember that generic stuff on the shelves the the just white and black stuff that's all we had but Christmas was great because my grandpa who worked at the paper mill he had some money, in my mind. He was rich. He even gave us the Sears catalog and said, pick a bunch of gifts. What? I circled as many things as I could. What do you want? This and this and this and this? This guy, this one thing. Rabbi, I want to see. In simple faith, he asked that he would be healed. And the healing happens. Isn't this a great story? Let me take some, a moment here and talk about a, a question that, that arises often when we read passages like this. This leads to a common question. Is healing available today? Is healing available today? Are miraculous gifts that we see sometimes in Scripture, does that happen today? You know, we got miraculous gifts. Spiritual gifts that are given to the church. In my opinion, all gifts are miraculous and spiritual. But we classify sometimes those as more miraculous than others. And there are different views of the miraculous gifts. Different views of that. In fact, I forgot to bring the book. Um, I have a book on my shelf. Four different views of the use of spiritual gifts today. It's a great book talking about within... The, the, the Christian Church of, the Evangelical Church of America, and I say America, because in third world countries they don't even ask that question. Are the m- miraculous gifts available today? Four different views. And this book kind of lays it out. The four different views are this. There's the cessationist view, which says that the gifts have ceased. You see, kind of in the word, that it, they have ceased. They have, they're, they're no longer available. In this view, the miraculous gifts ceased with, or very soon after the ministry of the apostles, to whom this view says only the apostles in the book of Acts were given these special gifts: healing, prophecy, and different special, miraculous gifts. There's that view, the cessationist view. The second view is, oh, what we these are kind of weird titles, but I'm just pulling the titles that this book uses. I might have use different titles but the second view is open but cautious the Bible does not say that the gifts have ended they haven't ceased 1st Corinthians chapter 13 there's many things they will cease but when the perfect comes so that they haven't ceased yet the Bible says that these gifts haven't ended and they still can exist but many in this camp are a bit uncomfortable with some of them, and they're a bit cautious about some of the teaching and practices as they see some of the extremist, you could say, uh, extreme, not all Pentecostal, but extreme Pentecostal evangelists that land in a jet and the whole audience falls down. They look at that and they go, uh, Something's not right here. So the Bible is totally, uh, it doesn't say that they're, they're done. They're open to it, but they're cautious. The third view is what's called the third wave movement, and I was thinking it could change that title. But the third wave movement, um, third three movements in the history of America, and this primarily would be considered under the Vineyard Church. All gifts function today. When God moves, signs and wonders may be a part of God's plan. So yeah, the gifts are available, and when God moves, it may be that signs and wonders may be available and may happen. It might be a part of God's plan when you have supernatural encounters with God. So anticipate these things to happen. Then the fourth view is what, is what I put even their classic Pentecostal, not all Pentecostal, but just the classic Pentecostal understanding of healing and this 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 again the class of pentecostal from 1901 on azusa street in california that's kind of the the revival hit america and the teaching was that all gifts are in effect today and most to be concerned was the speaking of tongues after conversion and when you're converted it's evident in speaking in tongues and the focus was on a second blessing so you've got, so let me, let me just break this down here. The cessationists, healing and stuff like that, the gift of healing and praying for healing, you know, God, God may still heal, but those gifts are not available today. So they kind of set themselves apart from the other three. Then you've got the cessationists, the open and third wave. Um, they're, they're very different than the Pentecostal view. So the, 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 the first and the fourth are, 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 the, are the extremes on the spectrum here. Extremes. In every area let me say this are there and controversies are all around each of these areas sometimes in these extreme views little is based upon sound biblical understanding and they're more focused on and motivated by experience and emotion so I would caution the extreme aspects even within each of these different camps let me just tell you this most evangelical free church churches where where do we line up you know what's great about the evangelical free church these are minor issues and each church can line up with whatever they want our statement of faith doesn't talk about these things where some churches like the pentecostals this is part of almost their statement of faith most free churches line up with the open but cautious in fact For us pastors, Aaron Brown, open but cautious. Tony Nord, open but cautious. Pastor Cody, I line up more with the third point there. God heals today. We believe that. And this is part of the gospel. Part of the good news of the kingdom. And why does healing happen today? There's a couple reasons why. And if you have questions about this, I encourage you, um, often we, we talk about this theology book, Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology. He's got a whole section just on spiritual gifts today. Are they available? He, he gives a fair view on the different four camps there and talks about how these are. He, he spends time talking about how we should pray for healing. Why healing happens today? To provide a sign to authenticate the Gospel message God is truly active, working right now, and healing is a sign of that. Or, healing happens to show God's compassion, His mercy on bringing relief and comfort to those who are suffering, and it's a foretaste of what is to come when the ultimate healing happens. Another reason is to and strengthen God's people for service. When someone's sick, I pray that they get healed so they can continue to function and do God's work. And fourth, to give an opportunity for God to be glorified. Amen? As people see a concrete evidence of His goodness, His love, His power, His mercy. Again, if healing happens, and this is where I think some camps go a little wrong on this, They focus too much on the person who prayed for the healing or too much on the story. This is all about God being glorified, right? So here's a question I asked Brent. Do you ever pray for healing? Here's what he said. Yes. I wish I was that blind man in Mark chapter 10. People have prayed for me. He's gone to prayer times and healing times. He's prayed. But listen to this. But I am also fine with God not healing me. His grace is sufficient. I'm willing to wait. Unfortunately, I don't think that would be me. God, I want to be healed right now. I want to see i'm gonna say this again people have prayed for me but i am also fine with god not healing me his grace is sufficient i'm willing to wait oh someday he will see amen he'll see his kids it's going to be wonderful up in glory in heaven The stress of this section, let's go back to Mark here. Mark isn't pulling the story out to go, okay, here we go, another healing story. Here's the steps you need to take to do the right healing in your church when the time comes. Here's the right prayer to have. Here's all the stuff. Mark isn't focused on the healing miracle itself, but on the faith which leads to it. Mark places this story right after the section we're going to spend almost a whole month on. Right before taking a look in your Bibles is this request of James and John. They've got a request. And it's interesting in the parallel passage, remember we've got the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In the other passages, when this story's told, they don't mention the disciples are there. They're there, but they don't mention it. Mark mentions that the disciples are here because this is a discipleship passage. In the prior paragraph, which we'll cover again, Jesus asked the same question. Up there, find it somewhere. I forget what, what verse. It's probably 37 or something. What do you want me to do for you? It's the same question that he asked the blind man. The disciples are totally up. We want to sit on Your throne. We want to be first in the Kingdom of God. We want to be, when people look at You, Jesus, we want them to see us. Because we are right next to You. They're all about themselves. Here is true discipleship. One who has been sitting along the dirty, dusty road. He understands what it means to sit in a lowly place. He's not making a demand for glory. What do you want me to do? Oh, when you get to heaven, I want to sit up with the disciples. He doesn't ask for glory and fame, but cries out out of His poverty, saying, I just want to see. I love that. What a contrast to what we'll see in January. The disciples are speaking spiritually blind and Jesus begins to open their eyes to the requirements that they must give their life to God in the kingdom by again taking up the cross chapter 8 this is about discipleship you guys don't get it you're spiritually blind yes he can heal physical blindness but more he is willing to heal spiritual blindness. Which this I think this passage is about. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I what? See, this is about spiritually. What do you want is intended to draw out the man's simple faith. And again, in, in my father-in-law, when he wrote a commentary in Mark, He often talks about these passage as the little people. Mark focuses on the little people. Not the, the grand people want to be number one, but the little hidden people. And notice, take a look again at this passage. Notice his name. Now his name is translated for us because Mark's gospel isn't just for Hebrew people. It's for Christians who just come to know Christ so they may not understand what the name means. The one who is treated poorly, sitting in dust, has the name son of Timothy. Does anybody know what Timothy means? Honor. Glory. It's interesting, even this lowly person has a name with glory and honor worthy in his name. So this is about spiritual Blindness. Let me end with talking about faith in discipleship. The question of Jesus and the man's response, again, show the persistence of faith. The model of servanthood. We're going to see that in January. The focus is faith, discipleship, servanthood. When it comes to healing, the role of faith is important. It's interesting, I went through again what we've come up to. This is the last healing story in the Gospel of Mark. Each story was different. When I looked at each of the different stories of a healing that happened, each was different, but each had faith involved in it. One, and like this one, a person in their own faith comes to Christ and Christ says, hey, I see your faith, you're healed. Another, friends bring. Remember the paralyzed person? It's friends, and Jesus doesn't go, well, I see the paralyzed person's faith, but I see all of you collectively, I see all your faith. So at times, it's collectively, He sees the faith of the people, and healing begins. In the New Testament, sometimes it's a person's faith. Other times it's a mother's faith, or a father's faith. Or, in James, if you're sick, have the elder's faith. Pray, and it's their prayer. So sometimes, it's the elders. Those who have faith, pray. We become a disciple by putting our faith in Jesus and choosing to follow him. The restoring of sight leads to discipleship. It's interesting, I mean, this passage, I feel bad going so quickly through it. It's interesting, even the last part, he followed him. Along the way. He wasn't asked to follow. You notice uh, many times Jesus, when he heals somebody, he says, all right, go. Leave. Don't tell anyone, right? This one, Jesus, doesn't say, you know, come and follow me as he did the others. He doesn't say, well, <clears throat> here's what you do. He says, go. Your faith has healed you. But this guy, instead, follows Jesus. Back to Brent, I asked him, How has being blind caused you to be more dependent on God? As a blind person, I realize there are many things that are not in my control. Man, yeah. I think, here it is. I think it is easier to trust, so he's talking about himself, I think that it's easier for me to trust than an able-bodied person is to trust. Because Brent has learned how to trust people, systems, all the different ways that he gets cared for. It's easier for him to trust than an able-bodied person. Which sometimes, we who are fully functional, it might be harder for us to trust, right? I love this line he said. God has never let me down or disappointed me. <clears throat> God is a healer. Amen? And when I put up that chart of different views, four different views, maybe you, you in fact, I think in our church we, we have um, all four different views represented, which I think is, is kind of neat because we're a church that's willing that's, you know, we have different views in our church. The, that doesn't, those different views and our differences don't bring us together. It's Jesus Christ that brings us together, right? Yeah, I, I know of one family that's a cessationist. and a, I know there's a a couple Pentecostal families we have in our church. That's fine. That's not our main focus. Christ is our main focus. So wherever you land in this idea of healing today, I encourage you, especially if you're in the cessationist view, trust God heals today. And many people in that cessationist view do believe that God heals They just believe that there's no gift of healing. So, you know, Billy Bob doesn't have the gift of healing. He's the healer that goes around church and anoints everyone. But God heals. So let's end with this. Look at that question Jesus asked. What do you want me to do for you? Isn't that great? I believe that God is a healer. And I believe that even today, God can heal you based upon His goodness, His mercy, His promises, and what the Messiah has done. Again, there's many aspects in the New Testament that talk about and look back at the Old Testament, seeing the fulfillment of Christ, by His stripes we're healed. This talking about Christ praying for the sick. We should pray more for the sick, right? In fact, I encourage you, some of you, those yellow sheets, it's not just for a change of address, but if you've got prayer requests, put them down. If you're going to the hospital for just a simple minor surgery, let us know. We would love to pray. If it's a major surgery, let us know. We would love to pray. Even before you go. There are times in our church that people have had cancer. We prayed for them. They've gone to the hospital. They've gotten chemo. And guess what? They've passed away and they're in glory right now. That final healing has come. There are people in our church, though, at times. We've prayed before they go. They go. They deal with stuff. And now the cancer's gone. It's in remission. It's like not even there. God is a healer. Amen. So here's what we're going to do we got some time here what do you want god to do for you today maybe your life isn't completely lined up the way it should be maybe you're like me I, we just moved to a house you know we bought a house and i couldn't even find my shoes i'm like where are my dress shoes they're in a box somewhere i grab this shirt because it's one of the few shirts it's missing a button i'm like oh that's how it is <laughs> some of you are wondering cody you know it don't you know a button shirt? Sure, i do Got to learn how to stitch a button now. Maybe your life isn't lined up perfectly. Christ has come to seek and save those who are lost. And I ask each one of you sorry to put Brent on the spot here, but his responses humbled me, right? If he doesn't heal me, that's fine. His grace is sufficient. I can wait. Some of us are too full of ourselves. We're like the disciples that will look at. In, that's why we're, we're taking almost a whole month in January just to look at that section. Come in simple faith. Maybe you need spiritual healing. Maybe you need healing in your marriage. Maybe just your heart is so full of just stuff. In fact, just yesterday, I found out that some of my weaknesses have affected other people. And because of that, I'm just like, oh, I'm so lame. (laughs) And I just had to get some time and just go, God, help me be a better person in this area so it doesn't impact and hurt other people. Or maybe today you need healing, physical healing. So let's do this. Let's pray. So close your eyes, bow your heads. You're not required to do that, but sometimes it's good just so you don't look at all the cool, fancy Christmas lights or look at those around you. If you need prayer, because just your heart isn't right, maybe you're just, your heart isn't in the right place and you're just getting sour. Maybe you feel like you're spiritually blind. I'm not going to have you come forward or anything. I just want you to put your hand up so I can see those hands and be praying for you. Just You just need prayer because it's a season where your heart isn't right. Just put your hand up so I can see those. Okay? fact, let me pray right now for those people. Lord, we just come before You. God, sometimes we, we get busy with life and we, we think it's about us and we, we become spiritually blind. We become full of ourselves. and We're not humble. We want so much stuff. and Sometimes our sins get out of control. Sometimes our sins cause other people hurt. Sometimes we just We need to die to ourselves again. So, Lord, I just pray for these people. Lord, I pray for their hearts. I pray that You would come. You are the divine healer, both emotionally, spiritually. Lord, touch these people's hearts. Keep them humble. Help them confess, repent, and believe. We believe You have the power to do this. We pray in Jesus' name, Amen. All right, lastly, before the worship team comes up, does anyone want prayer for healing physically? Here's what I'm going to have you do. Everyone's going to stand. We're going to sing. But if you want prayer, it's in faith that you say, yep, I want healing. And it could be something simple. It could be that, you know, I've had this sickness dragging on for a while. I'm tired of being sick. I'm sick and tired of being sick, so just i want that or maybe it's something serious we would love to pray for you in fact it says in the book of james if you're sick have the elders come and they're going to pray so it's going to be your faith their faith others will be praying and we would love to pray for you so worship team come on up right now and i'll be up here some of the elders i know jake kevin i don't know who else is here craig i saw you you're sitting there you moved So we'll be up here. If you want prayer, we would love, in faith, our faith, your faith, to pray for you. I know Pastor Tony. Where are you? There you are. So, you. In fact, it says to anoint with oil. We have oil up here. We'll anoint you and pray for you. Let's pray before we worship with song. Father, we come before you, and I know that in this world we are plagued with sin the effect of sin has not just caused us spiritual death, but the ramifications are around us and we have physical ailments because of sin. And God, I just pray right now, if there are people in this room that need physical healing, Lord, if it's consistent with Your will, in the name of Jesus, I ask in faith, just simple faith, That today would be the day they are healed. And we still know that through this process, your grace is sufficient. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand and join us as we sing.
2: I want to see you. See you why you lift it up. Shining. sing grace how sweet the sound that sings i
1: Is a season of hope. The good news is here. The Gospel of the Kingdom. To bring salvation to all who would repent and believe. Amen? But also, the second aspect. The Kingdom of the message. The Kingdom's message is this. The Christmas carols have dozens of verses. One that we didn't sing is this. Joy to the world. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make His blessings flow far as the curse is found. And one of those aspects is healing. Amen? The good news of the kingdom impacting our world. God is so good. Thanks for worshiping with us and I'm grateful for my brother Brent who's taught me even in my conversation with him about the humility he had and the willingness to trust God. Thank you, Brent. May God bless you this week. And if you want prayer, I'm sure some of you guys will stay up here and we'd love to pray for you. Have an awesome week and keep trusting in God.